Welcome to the Good Fight Radio Show, a program dedicated to bringing you vital and uncompromised truths that you won't hear in the mainstream media, discussing contemporary issues in light of the Bible and how these issues relate to family, culture, and the church. The heart of this show is to glorify Jesus Christ and expose the works of darkness as he is commanded in Ephesians 5.11. Now here's your host, Good Fight Ministries' own Chad Davidson. Whether we're talking about blood moons, the pre-trib rapture, Israel, or a number of other topics, the name John Hagee is a popular one, specifically out of Texas, but also for those who've frequented things like the Glenn Beck Show or so forth. And the reality is, is just recently, while Pastor Joe Schimmel and myself and the rest of the Good Fight Ministries team was out in San Antonio, Texas, doing a prophecy conference regarding not only what the Bible says prophetically to Israel, but also to the Gentiles, and also what is going to take place, we believe, with the NAR movement. Pastor John Hagee's church was being filled with a Reawaken America conference. So to discuss that conference and John Hagee himself and his son Matt, is none other than the president and founder of Good Fight Ministries and pastor of Blessed Hope Chapel in Simi Valley, California, Pastor Joe Schimmel. Well, praise the Lord, bro. This is uh, disgusting stuff we're looking at. We're kind of like, unfortunately, uh, beaming the light on the cesspool of what's going on in uh, a large segment of what's considered the Christian church and, and professing Christian leaders. We're basically doing something that we've talked about for time for years, which I know you're going to get into, Chad, uh, the ecumenical movement. We've talked about... Uh, the occult practices of many professing Christian leaders that are into not only ecumenism right now, but we're into the word faith movement, commanding God and everything, and using witchcraft, and how they acknowledge that this is kind of like what witch, witches do and nagers do. And we're like, yeah, it's only a matter of time before they converge with the new agers. And now we're seeing it happen before our very eyes. Yeah, it's really, really interesting. And when we get into this topic today that we're going to be talking about, this is really important for you to understand that Typically, a, a, I guess a motto that's been at the ministry, and it comes from the scriptures, is that when it comes to bad doctrine, it also leads to bad living. And we're going to get mm. to that regarding some of the speakers that were just recently at Hagee's church, but also with Hagee himself. But before we even talk about some of his personal life, uh, things that happened back in the 1970s and so forth while he was pastoring, nonetheless— I'd love to play a clip here because I want people to understand kind of where we're coming from immediately. And this comes from a promo video because a lot of people say, you're taking this out of context, you're doing this, so forth. Um, we're just going to play the clip and you can hear it yourself. And then we're going to look at what Pastor Hagee had to say regarding Jesus's Messiahship, Israel. And this is, comes from his promo, which... It's kind of interesting to think of a promo. You don't have a long time to speak and to talk and to take things out of context. You got to say what you want to say really quick. Yeah. And yeah, I think it's imperative yeah. that people realize the reason we're showing Hagee is we're just in San Antonio doing an expose, exposing this kind of stuff, not knowing that this huge event was taking place in San Antonio because we're in Boverde, but of course we flew in and out of San Antonio with a lot of, you'll see a lot of the talking heads. Uh, Chad's not going to mention all the names, but a lot of these guys are major guys, not only in the professing Christian church, but a leading new ager who's kind of bridged the gap. And that's why we're kind of focusing on this. But 
he's, you know, one of the major talking heads on TBN, right? Uh, and he's got this, you know, alliance already with a lot of the uh, uh, Word Faith teachers, but now they're gathering New Agers as well. And this is something we've been warning about. And But Chad's point out to you guys, and I think it's important, this is rank heresy, what you're about to see. Yeah, amen. And you guys can see it. This is for his book, a promo for his book, In Defense of Israel. I'm delighted to present my latest book, In Defense of Israel. This book will expose the sins of the fathers and the vicious abuse of the Jewish people. In Defense of Israel will shape Christian theology. It scripturally proves that the Jewish people as a whole did not reject Jesus as Messiah. It will also prove that Jesus did not come to earth to be the Messiah. It will prove that there was a Calvary conspiracy between Rome, the high priest and Herod to execute Jesus as an insurrectionist too dangerous to live. Since Jesus refused by word and deed to claim to be the Messiah, how can the Jews be blamed for rejecting what was never offered? Read it in this shocking expose in defense of Israel. So Joe, we see he said that Jesus refused in word and deed that he was the Messiah. Well, he was asked straight up at his trial if he was the Messiah, and he said, I am, you know. Uh, in fact, Je Jesus Christ, Christ is not his last name, folks. Uh, just, you know, do a Google search of Christ in the New Testament, uh, and you'll see that Christ is Christos. It's from Mashiach, which uh, is speaks of uh, being the Messiah, is the word, or where we get our English word Messiah, the Hebrew word Mashiach, uh, Christos, the uh, Greek word, uh, he, if you deny that Jesus is the Christ, you're Antichrist, the Bible says. And these are Jewish writers, by the way. Every New Testament writer was Jewish, except perhaps Luke. And they all affirm uh, over and over again that he's the Messiah. He's the awaited Messiah. That's through Jesus, Yeshua, the Mashiach, the Messiah, that we're saved. Uh, to, so uh, that's just rank heresy. Uh, of course, he teaches a dual covenant theology. And dual covenant theology is this idea that God has a, a separate covenant uh, alive and well, with the Jews and that uh, Gentiles have another covenant and that those Israelis, the Jews, they don't need to accept Jesus Christ as Lord and Savior to be saved, he's taught in the past. And that's why he is such a, you know, so accepted in Israel among Israeli leaders because he pats the leaders on the back while they're going to hell. And it gives him prestige, gives him fame, gives him some power and so forth. Uh, but at the same time, at what cost? Uh, he's not leading them to Christ. Dual covenant theology, I mean, read the book of Hebrews. I mean, Paul's writing to Hebrew Christians, telling them uh, that if they neglect, if they don't follow Jesus Christ, Hebrews chapter 2, how can we neglect such a great salvation, you know? Uh, and then in Hebrews chapter 10, uh, talks about rejecting Jesus as the Messiah. And it says, there no longer remains a sacrifice for sins, but only a certain fearful looking for a fire indignation, which will devour the adversaries of God. For if they were killed, and that means stoned to death under two or three witnesses, under the law of Moses, he says, of how much severe punishment suppose ye shall he receive who has trampled underfoot the blood of Christ, insulted the spirit of grace, Consider the blood of the covenant by which he was sanctified, an unholy thing. So he warns that outside of Christ, there is no salvation. And uh, and this, I mean, just read your New Testament. This is, a lot of the New Testament has been written right there in Jerusalem to Jews, and Jewish Christians, and other believers, of course. Uh, and it's for all of us, but first to the Jews. Paul said, not ashamed of the gospel of Jesus Christ, Jesus Mashiach, the Messiah, where it's the, uh, salvation, everyone who believes the Jew first and also the Greek. So we're talking about a major heretic here. Yeah, I think this is really important for us to understand. And, and I always think of this text. We're talking about the church. This is talking about something that's happening inside the Christian church. Not that I necessarily believe that this man is actually saved with teaching these things. And I'll talk about also his 
orthodoxy turning into orthopraxy or his what he believes affecting also what happens in his practice in his daily living but also when you think of the church Matthew 16 18 is one of the most popular verses right then we talk about the church that Jesus Christ will build his church and the gates of hell will not prevail against it but that comes on the heels of Peter answering who do you say that I am Jesus asking who do you say that I am and specifically Peter says, you are the Christ, you are the Messiah, you are the Mashiach, you are the Son of the Living One. And who gave him that answer? Was Peter just so much smarter than everyone else? No. God the Father gave him the answer that Jesus Christ is the Messiah. So whoever's giving John Hagee these answers, and whoever he's patting on the back here, and you think about this, uh, I just, I, it, it breaks my heart that Paul would say he would like to be cut off for the sake of his kinsmen. It breaks my heart that we read, obviously, in Romans chapter 11, that they're broken off because of unbelief, and they can be grafted in. Unbelief in Jesus as Messiah. The Gospel of John, you've got a couple major theses, you know. I'll pick your spot, but uh, one of them is John 20. uh, And you go to the end of John 20 there, and he says, These things are written that you might believe that Jesus is the Mashiach, the Messiah, the Son of God. And that in believing this, you will have life in his name. Uh, Because John says in 1 John, uh, in in his first epistle, that he has, who has son has a life. He that does not have a son does not have a life. So, uh, but Hagee's fine if you're a Jewish leader, a Jewish rabbi, and so forth. He's like, oh, you know, he probably doesn't say praise the Lord or praise Jesus, but he says, you know, God's got a covenant with you, even though you deny Christ and you believe in their name, uh, Yeshua, not Yeshua, but Yeshua for uh, uh, Jesus in in Israel right now is, uh, is may his name be blotted out. It's an acronym for may his name be blotted out, and that's exactly what we read in the Old Testament prophecies in Isaiah that they would reject him and that they would be shocked. And we even have a prophecy in Zechariah 12, they'll see him whom they pierce and they'll weep for him as one weeps for his only son and the fountain of cleansing is open to them. And we actually know, I was sharing this with a brother who was witness to a Jewish guy today and he was astonished. He goes, I go, you know, we not only know that they're going to see him they pierce according to the Old Testament, but the Old Testament actually shows the prayer that the Jews, it shows their confession and what they'll say. Took him back to Isaiah 53 and they're saying, we thought he was stricken by God. You know, they thought he was cursed by God. And that's exactly the nickname he has. But for Hagee, it's okay because they don't need the blood of Jesus Christ and him as Messiah to be saved. Uh, they, don't, they can reject him as Messiah and still be heaven bound. And, and even though he says, well, I believe Jesus is Messiah, he rejects that for the Jews. And that is a doctrine of demons. Amen. I, it breaks my heart because who on earth was getting saved <laughs> right in the yeah. beginning of All the church? <laughs> I mean, it, it breaks your heart. And you think about it, you know, when it comes to this, I always wonder when somebody has rank heresy like this, you wonder what their personal life is, yeah. especially the edifice of a church that back in 1975, John Hagee was forced to write a letter explaining his immorality, cheating on his wife, Martha Downing, with a member of his congregation who he would eventually marry. But the reality is, is this man was pastoring a church and slept with a woman at the church and left his wife for him and continue pastoring. He's not the only one at this event that did that, by the way. Yeah, I which I'm sure you're going to get into. Yeah, I, yeah, Let me read Second Peter yeah, real quickly please. because, uh, you know, you're talking about, and we say often, you know, wrong doctrine leads to wrong living. And it's just so interesting that many of these guys that teach heretical doctrines that are just blatant in your face, heresies, often it's accompanied with wicked practices. And Peter warns in 2 Peter chapter 2, but false prophets also arose among the people, just as there will be false teachers among you who will secretly introduce destructive heresies. King James says damnable heresies. I like that. They're soul-damning heresies, even denying the master who bought them 
bringing swift destruction upon themselves. Many will follow, not few, many will follow their sensuality. Catch that? So it's not just their false doctrines, but their false doctrines lead to sensuality. The word faith teachings, uh, which, hey, you know, we're going to be talking about Hagen and stuff, the granddaddy of the word faith, name it, claim it, blab it, grab it, crowd. Uh, this guy right here, uh, Hagen, who's called the granddaddy of that, uh, there's just, it's, it's like a who's who in fallen so-called ministers. Many will follow their sensuality. They have a huge following. Sensuality, they're very materialistic. It's about what we can get now. And because of them, the way of truth will be maligned. Think of this prophecy. There'll be these false teachers, and many will follow them, and they'll have they'll be involved in sensuality and materialism and so forth. And because of them, and you know, they fought, you see these guys fall over and over again. Was Jim Baker? It's all about uh, you know prosperity gospel and so forth. Before he went to prison, and he was one of the most popular TV ministers, falling into immorality and so forth. And uh, the truth of the gospel was maligned, you know. And I, I, I was. You know, you know, walk with Jesus, witness that time. I was sitting tile as a construction. Uh, I talked to another, another tile. So he goes, what about this guy? I go, you know, the Bible talks about that. And I, I took him to this prophecy. It goes, it says that many would follow them. And because of these guys and their wicked behavior, the truth would be maligned. I said, you know what? The very way you're maligning Christianity right now, Jesus, you're fulfilling prophecy, man. The Bible talks about you because you'd be deceived by those who are deceiving others by thinking that was Christianity. That's not Christianity, man. Christianity is truly following Christ with a sincere heart. So, and it says, in their greed, think of the word faith movement, the prosperity movement, in their greed, they will exploit you with false words. Their judgment from a long ago is not idle, and their destruction is not asleep. And how many of these guys make up stories, and it goes on and on. But it's just, it's, it's prophesied to happen, and we're seeing it before our very eyes. And we're also seeing the unholy alliances, which are also prophesied because Jesus warned, when these things go, get closer, man, watch out. Birth pains, he goes on to talk about how false prophets will rise many. And many will follow them. Yeah, amen. And when you look at so much of this, and and it just breaks your heart too. I mean, oh, I'm sure as a pastor, you think about it as well when it comes to even like the local bodies. You know, we've seen churches where a pastor falls, and the ramifications. What happens spiritually in that place where that church is? Guys, it is a big, big deal, and I do believe that's why Satan is on the attack. I believe there's a such thing. You know, this this movement of PKs, right, that they talked about, or MKs, missionary kids, or pastor's kids, where Satan goes after the children when they can't get after the parents and keeps them busy so they're not paying attention to their children, which is their first ministry, and they're not even allowed to be a pastor if they aren't watching over their whole, their their household properly. Amen. But when you look at that and you see there's a reason why, and it's because they're a shepherd over the flock. It says in Hebrews chapter 13 that the pastor watches over the souls of the church, of those in the congregation. So we're talking about, of course, Satan is going to attack them. And of course, when they're given into this, how do they even have a good reputation with the outside community, which is a qualification for an elder given in 1 Timothy chapter 3. And And to use, that's the reality of it, using a position like that as a pastor and then sleeping with someone that is in your congregation and of all the people that I've known this has been, happened in terms of pastors, his was the one that probably was the most under the rug, maybe because it happened so long ago. But the reality is, is that most people, when people talk about it, they're like, really? I didn't know Hagee did that too. And it's like, yeah, that's a reality of something that took place. And he kept right along pastoring. Yeah. And of course he was going to have false doctrine. Of course he was going to be an that's escapist right. in all of this. I'm not surprised. And so 
When it comes to this, one of the things that we have been warning against over and over here at Good Fight Ministries, and one of the good things is you guys are going to see a clip later, hopefully to somewhat summarize this entire event that just happened with their Reawaken America tour, is the fact that the mingling together, whether it's New Agers, whether it's Reconstructionists, whether it is the NAR movement, All of these people interlocking fingers and going hand in hand is something that Good Fight Ministries and other ministries as well has been warning against. And Joe, you've been warning against this since before I got came to the Lord. I mean, since well before, maybe before I was born, I'm not sure, but at least before I came to the Lord. And it's radical to think we're looking at this and we're, you know, a few miles away for this where this event is taking place. And if you guys don't know, Clay Clark's Reawaken America is something done with not only Clay Clark, who's like a businessman, more or less, and also alongside General Michael Flynn. And they've been going on these tours. And it's interesting how they got their starts. And we're going to get into that. But I don't want to bury that lead just yet, because we do want to talk about the Kenneth Hagans, and there's a reason why we want to bring up Kenneth Hagan, which Joe already did. And the reason is on this one, when it comes to Clay Clark and Reawaken America in this event, Matthew Hagee, especially after it was found out that in the sanctuary, the they were chanting, let's go Brandon, which is an acronym for blank Joe Biden. Mm-hmm. And, and it's not Something an acronym, but Christian it's to, to place. I, doing. I just did a thing real quickly, chat on the yeah. tongue and how we need to be careful. Amen. Uh, with the tongue, and I'll only say, take a minute because we got a lot of stuff to cover. And this was a couple Wednesdays ago, maybe two of them ago or so. And I just went through what the Bible says about using foul language and and uh, use you know that we're not supposed to use destructive speech, but to build people up in Christ. Of course, we're supposed to expose wickedness, but we're supposed to edify and build up one another, encourage one another, not uh, you know use bad language and so forth. I went through several scriptures, and uh, there was a, quite a reaction from a lot of people, even online, saying, "Praise the Lord, I need to be convicted in this area." One gal came up to me and she said, you know what? Uh, I've got to get rid of my pen. I go, which pen? She goes, it's, you know, the Joe Biden pen, you know. And she was convicted in her heart. She goes, you know what? That's going too far. I'm going to get rid of it. It blessed my heart. And we got to be careful that we don't get caught up in the political slogans. And, you know, if you're going to use your breath to shout out things, man, praise the Lord. Give, give the Lord glory. Point people to Jesus or expose the falseness. But let's not use, you know, words that non-believers would consider hypocritical for Christians to use or uh, euphemisms or expressions that have to do with, you know, basically damning people. Yeah, and it, damning people with obscene language, thinking that, it, oh, it's funny because you're covering up that sin. We're, we're called to pray for him. So can you say in your prayer, we're supposed to pray for Paul's saying pray for the leaders when he's going to be beheaded not long after that by Nero. We need to pray pray because these guys need salvation. That's the context there, and so we can live a tranquil life and preach the gospel. Can you imagine yourself praying? Uh you know, for Joe Biden, Lord, save him. He needs you. I feel that guy's so blind, and he's probably a puppet, Lord, in so many ways. And 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 by the way, Lord, you know, and then use that language, you know, go, you know, I, I think, I don't think that's... Doing it that's, in a sanctuary? Yeah, that's not congruent, <laughs> but we're the sanctuary of the Holy Spirit. Amen. We're the temple of the Holy Spirit, and we don't want to grieve the Spirit of God. So we want to pray for these guys, but at the same time expose the evil that they're involved in. No, I think it's important and interesting enough when it comes to Matthew Hagee, and if you guys don't know, that is John Hagee's son, and he's handed the church over to him. It'd be very awkward seeing some of those sermons if you've ever looked at him where John is sitting there almost on a on a throne there behind him while watching his son preach. It's just an awkward situation. But nonetheless, when I look at this and I see Matthew Hagee having to come out and say, 
you know, we're sorry. I, I can't believe it. This event, we didn't basically kind of made it sound like he didn't even know what the event was about. I'm going to read some of his apology for you. And he said, the church is not associated with this organization, does not endorse their views. I deeply regret and ask forgiveness for what took place in the Cornerstone Sanctuary as a result of my oversight in the future. Wait, wasn't he there? Didn't he speak or something? But go on. Well, that's that's the interesting <laughs> part. In the future, Cornerstone Church will ensure that organizations using our facility are an appropriate reflection of our mission and vision. Now, I don't want to bury some of the, the clips we have later with some of the other NAR uh, pushers that they've had in, in their facility. Man. And yeah, it is. But when it comes to this, it seems to me uh, that it doesn't seem to line up. His apology doesn't line up as much to the welcome, the welcome that he actually gave the entire event and Clay Clark gave Mr. Hagee. Now, folks, we would not be able to host this event here if we didn't have a senior pastor that had uh, critical thinking skills, a senior pastor who believed in the Bible, the Constitution, and that, that, that a statistically manipulated fake pandemic could not cause the suspension of the First Amendment. So, ladies and gentlemen, please welcome the host and the, uh, the, the, the lead pastor of this church. Ladies and gentlemen, please welcome Pastor Matt Hagee. God bless you, and thank you for choosing to join us on this wonderful occasion here at Cornerstone. I would want, first and foremost, to honor and recognize individuals who have served our nation on this Veterans Day. Those of you who have given us the freedoms that we enjoy, God bless you, and thank you for all that you have done. I also want to tell each and every one of you who are here how proud I am of the individual decision that you have made today. The Bible says to choose life. I've set before you life and death. Choose life. And by being here, you have made the conscious decision to live in your faith rather than die in your fear. And I want to tell you how proud I am of that decision. So God bless you. Have a wonderful day. Welcome to Cornerstone Church. Now, I, I want to point this out because the apology seemed like it was just an event that took place. Mm -hmm. He doesn't know much about it. I mean, really, that's what yeah. it seems like. We have no idea. We don't. That's not our values. That's not our mission. But when he tells people at that event, welcomes them in and says, this, the, your decision of being here in your faith that, that now we're surviving and, and this is great. We're going to live. You're choosing to live in faith rather than fear. By the way, that was the entire theme of the conference was faith over fear. So he knew the taglines. He was able to use that and welcome them as the host. He was called to Cornerstone Church. Does that sound like somebody who just had no idea what was going on at this event? Uh, it sounds like somebody who's sanctioning the event and is knee deep in it. And he obviously was, you know. Now there's been a lot of blowback uh, and now he's trying to distance himself but the reverberations of what he's done will be felt throughout the, uh, a lot of the charismatic community and a lot of, not just charismatic, I mean, this is beyond charismania now. This is, this is, these tentacles have reached, I mean, we're talking about into, you know, the preterist and many others who are just, you know, excited about, you know, this, this whole thing is, it's unholy alliances is what's taking place. It's unholy alliances. Yeah, and if I could also point you back to a, another teaching that we had done previously on a live 
regarding teaming up with New Agers to fight tyranny, because I think that would go alongside this teaching as well as a good warning as to why we don't do these things. And I, I believe when we really look down, when we look at it and we see some of the clips we're going to be playing here, we're going to be playing one right now from General Michael Flynn, who really, between him and Clay Clark, they've kind of started what was Reopen America and now has become Reawaken America, an awakening that we want nothing to do about, not, nothing to, to do with. But you're going to listen to General Flynn talk about specifically one world religion. Just let's play the clip. A lot about from different people today, I think, when we talk about faith, there's something shaking. Okay, the ground underneath us is shaking. And it's shaking because, you know, I mean, there is a time, and you have to believe this, that God Almighty is like involved in this country because this is it. This is it. This is the last place on earth. This is, this is, the, this is the shining city on the hill. This is the city on the hill. The city on the hill. The city on the hill was mentioned in Matthew. Okay, it was mentioned in Matthew. And then a guy by the name of Winthrop mentioned it again in 1630. In 1630. Okay, before the country was formed. And he also coined the term New England. We're going to go to this New England, this new world he was talking about. And he talked to the people there about this thing called the city on the hill. And then Ronald Reagan, a couple hundred years later, again, talked about it as the shining city on the hill. And, he, and they're talking about the United States of America talking about the United States of America, because when Matthew mentioned it in the Bible, he wasn't talking about the physical ground that he was on. He was talking about something in the distance. So if we are going to have one nation under God, which we must, we have to have one religion, one, one, one nation under God and one religion under God, right? All of us together, working together. I don't care what your ecumenical service is or what you, or what you are. We have to believe that this is a moment in time where this is good versus evil. So, ladies and gentlemen. So, Joe, I've never heard the exegesis of Matthew in which we're told that the city on the hill that Jesus was speaking about was actually the USA. But we get that from General Flynn and his exegesis of the text. Yeah, uh, that's uh, actually when you think about that, that is it's very diabolical because he's basically talking about Jesus. Uh, not hiding, not hiding the light. Jesus states, you know, we're supposed to not hide under a bushel, let our light shine. Like you know, a city on a hill cannot help but be seen, and we're called to be like a city on a hill. So he's basically taking a prophecy as what to what the church is to be to the world, and the church are all genuine believers that fear and love the Lord, who belong to the body of Christ, who've been baptized by the Holy Spirit into the body of Christ. That's all true born again believers, and we shine the light of Christ around the world. It's not a literal physical place. In fact, Jesus said the time will come when the true worshipers don't wor that will worship in spirit and truth because the Samaritan woman is talking about you know where the worship should take place in Jerusalem or Samaria. He says, uh, <laughs> neither, basically. He said the true worshipers will worship in spirit and truth and we worship everywhere. So this is really scary, really, because what he's talking about is the United States becomes this new kingdom, you know? And a lot of the you know Mormons believe, hey, this is the promised land. You know, you can look at the names of their streets and uh, towns within Utah and so forth, and they believe they're fulfilling a prophecy. Uh, Ezra Taft Benson, I read years ago in a book I bought from a Deseret or a Mormon bookstore uh, when I was studying Mormonism as a new Christian a long time ago, oh, almost 40 years ago now. And as I was studying that, uh, he, and he was the secretary uh, under Reagan, he was the uh, 
uh, he held a very high post, let's just say that. And in that book, it had the founding fathers in the front, and he talked about how God's going to use the, the, the leaders of the nations to bring forth the kingdom of God on earth. I thought, man, because I was into prophecy, even at a young age, and my faith, I said, wow, that says the opposite of Revelation chapter 16, verses 14 through 16, where it speaks of the spirits of demons coming out of the mouth of Satan, the dragon, it says, out of the mouth of the beast, out of the mouth of the false prophet. They'll go forth to the kings of the world and bring them together and to fight against Christ at a second coming. The world's coming together, all right, and it's going to come together under a false, an antichrist and a false prophet who says, looks like a lamb, the same word used for Jesus as the lamb throughout the, uh, the book of Revelation almost 30 times. It's used as the false prophet, same exact Greek word, which isn't used throughout the New Testament, but I think one other time outside of Revelation. And But he has two horns, and he speaks like a dragon. He speaks Satan's words. So there'll be this false movement. As a brand new Christian, I got on my knees uh, to cry out to God. Not under, I mean, I'm a new Christian. I don't know any other Christians. No one led me to Christ. I came to him because I realized I needed Jesus, and I opened myself up to the wrong side. And I was following Jesus, immersing myself in the Scripture, uh, enjoying it, seeking his face, enjoying his presence. And I got on my knees and cried out to the Lord, you know. And I didn't get an answer, join this church or that church, because I didn't understand until later that the body of Christ is made up of many, many believers in different denominations and so forth. Uh, but I got a word of knowledge. It's my first time ever having a word of knowledge. And it was a warning against ecumenism. And I can't remember if it was ecumenical or ecumenism. I never heard the word before. I wasn't hanging around anybody religious at all. There's no internet then, yeah. right? And I went, what in the world was that? But I thought it was like a bad thing. And then I looked it up. And I was like, oh, that is religions joined together as one. And that was a, I was already conversant with some of the prophetic teaching. Like, Ooh, that's what's happening. So since I was a brand new Christian, so it's kind of funny you asked that, I've always had my finger in the pulse of where the church is going ecumenically. And we've been warning about that over and over again. Watch the church to join with the New Age movement. Watch the Protestants join again with Roman Catholicism. And watch everything just come together. And now we're seeing it in ways, in some ways we didn't anticipate it until we thought, well, it's going to eventually start happening where it's going to become blatant. I mean, I've, I, uh, Charisma Magazine had an ad that I, I, I pulled out one time where I was like, well, check this out. One of the advertisements was unity through signs and wonders. I'm like, that's like the slogan of the Antichrist, unity through signs and wonders. When Jesus said, false Christ and false prophets will rise showing great signs and wonders, this even if possible, even the very elect. So I believe the Holy Spirit, God, is warning me for a long time. And, and uh, many of you believers out there to be watchmen, that this is exactly what the Scriptures warned would happen in the end of days. And by the way, you're mentioning General Flynn. I mean, he's a major player. And when he comes back and Trump comes back and so forth, and if they, there's an alliance there, and then Paula White, the head of his prayer cabinet, who's a full-on, you know, witchy, false prophetess teacher, uh, just, you know, just it just gets crazy. She's totally in the word faith movement and all that stuff. When you see, If this happens that way, and we'll have to just watch, we'll see where it goes. It could go a lot of different directions. We know ultimately where it heads, though. General Flynn, just two or three weeks ago, uh, maybe we'll show this another... Uh, another thing, because we have so many clips, it's not going to actually be appropriate at this time because I think I would have we would have got up too late. But uh, just a few weeks ago, a couple weeks ago, we was at an event. You know what? He prayed a very interesting prayer. And this prayer, which I'll mention in one second, uh, well, years ago, <laughs> when I was a new Christian, back to when I was a new Christian, I'm telling someone when I was a new Christian, deal, and I'd come to Christ and so forth, and I was following the Lord. My mom was a nurse, and she's retired now, uh, blessed saint we love her and very close to each other our family uh, came to Jesus in time one by one all seven of us uh, but she came to me because I was the Jesus freak right nobody knew Jesus yet but she knew and she a, a, a gal at her work on another nurse or someone I don't think it was a nurse it was a volunteer or something gave her a magazine she said Joe 
I was talking about this lady, I was this lady, and she told me, I told you, you're very religious now. And she said, oh, give him this magazine. And I saw this magazine, and it was just all psychedelic, you know? And it was just something, I mean, it was just, I just thought, this does, just from the look of it, I was a little concerned. I start reading it, and it was a production by Elizabeth Claire Prophet. Now watch where this goes. Elizabeth Claire Prophet, as I'm reading about it, she's talking about how she channels different spirits like St. Germain and others. I'm like, this lady's possessed by demons, you know? And she gave me a couple of her audio tapes, too, in those days with cassette tapes. And I was like, oh, I'll check it out. My mom, you know, I'm trying to reach my mom for Christ. And she's showing me, saying, hey, check this thing out. She had to look at it. But she said, oh, maybe she said, you'll be interested. And I go up and I start listening to the audio tapes. I'm like, first of all, she's in all the spirits and stuff, channeling them. So I th definitely know she's not of God. Definitely know she's of the evil one. I'd already been memorizing scripture, like 1 Timothy 4, that the Holy Spirit speaks expressly that a lot of times some will depart from the faith, depart from the faith, giving heed to seducing spirits and doctrines of demons. And I thought, ooh, man, this is more organized. And I was already exposing it, putting some things together, showing family members and friends that what Satan was doing to the popular music because that's how I came to Christ. And as I'm exposing things, I'm like, woo, this is, shows how Satan is using religion, man. And she's got quite a following on finding out, man, a production like that. A couple, I had a few of her magazines she gave me and a couple of the cassette tapes. And I turned the tape on and uh, Liz Claire Prophet talks, when you really get in touch, and she's talking about doing these different meditations to get in touch with the spirit world. She says, you'll hear this sound. And she goes, ooh. I clicked it off. Tears flowed down. Went, knocked on my mom's uh, door. She was in her bedroom. I go, check this out. I played it for her. She knew exactly what was going on because I'd been sharing her, with her prior to me coming to Christ these experiences where I'd go through the states of paralysis after my meditations, and I'd hear this humming sound. And after I became a Christian, I started realizing a lot of people in the cult had that sound, like, most popular song of all time, Stairway to Heaven, if your head is humming, it won't go in case you don't know. The piper, Satan, is calling you to join him. And I came to Christ, and I renounced all that, and God started opening my eyes what Satan's plan was. And you're going to hear content on this show that you're not going to hear anywhere else, guys, because there's a lot of heavy stuff going on. And God, just like God brought other, brings us out of things and allows us to say, people, hey, see my scars. The Apostle Paul was having Christians killed. Then all of a sudden, he writes half the books of the New Testament practically. Uh, God opened my eyes to that realm and how real it is. And I went to my mom, and she goes, wow, wow. I go, yeah, this is the other side. That's the dark side, mom. And then it wasn't long after that that I was able to lead her to Christ. She actually came to a church where I was sharing, uh, and she came up at the Salvation They're Call. So, they sold their souls for rock and roll as a presentation, right? The presentation, rock. she came to a live version of They Sold Their Souls for Rock and Roll, and it was, wasn't called that yet, and she got saved. But Elizabeth Clare Prophet, it just so happens uh, that Tom and Linda Witt, uh, love those guys, uh, their dad, you know, say, say Joe, our dad went in a lawsuit with Liz Claire Prophet at Malibu and was suing them because she wasn't paying up and what have you. She went to Montana, built these underground bunkers with her occult group and everything, and she's channeling these spirits there. And all of a sudden, eventually a guy named Jay Wilson comes to our fellowship. He, he gets interested and he loves Jesus. He renounces that. He, was, he, was, he says, I probably was the illustrator of that magazine you're reading, Joe. And I was putting death curses on Tom and Linda's dad because during the lawsuit and... Jay Wilson, I mean, he has a heart of gold. His wife, Sukja, uh, such beautiful Christians. They moved, they're five, six hours from us now. But it was just amazing because you start reading her stuff, and guess what? This is what's very interesting. And I'm wondering if there's a connection here with Flynn. Because in that book, it shows the founding fathers coming out of the ocean, out of the sea. And it's all about how the founding fathers were being divinely led by God to bring this new world. And for her, it was led by the occult. And... Uh, we know the founding fathers, there's a mixture of occultism and masonry and 
Uh, deism, yeah. Deism, and there are Christians there too, and there's a Christian influence on our nation. But let's not pretend that once one side likes to pretend the other exists, the other like pretend the other side. This is not a, there's no nation that has the name of Jesus Christ in their constitution, you know? So I thought it was interesting with that. So she had all these weird prayers and stuff, and I thought, wow. I was exposing that. I'd exposed that. Then I put that in my repertoire to expose. Well, guess what? Flynn, now this is heavy, guys. Flynn is praying a couple weeks ago. And guess what? He's praying about these rays of light. These, was it, seven rays of light? Praying about these different rays of light, all this weird language. Well, guess what? It was lifted right from many of his words, many of his concepts were lifted right from a prayer by the, 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 the occultist, the medium, the channeler, Elizabeth Clare Prophet's prayer. You can go online. We're not going to show it to you. You can go online later. Wait till the show's over. But go online and just type in uh, General Flynn and type in Elizabeth Clare Prophet. She's so spooky. And you'll see what's going on. They, 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 somebody put up a side-by-side uh, video of both of them saying the same prayer. And he's saying all these years later, this is demonic, where it's headed. And this is this false, this, this ecumenical movement. It's a false revival. And we're going to see all these guys align more and more. And this is very likely, I mean, if it's if, if it's not going to bring in the Antichrist, it's a, a trial run at the very least. No, this is why it's so important, guys, is we're, we have to recognize the spiritual battle here. We have to see that this is, well, that, that's really interesting that those words line up exactly with what's going on here. This is something serious. And we have been warning about these things. And one thing specifically we warned about was one of the more viral videos that went out during when, when COVID first started was Plandemic, made by Mickey Willis. And that, that video, I would say, was sent to us maybe more than any other video I've seen online. Guys, you got to check this out. You guys got to check this out. But they didn't know who it was. Oh, no, exactly. And the thing that we kept warning about from the get-go was Mickey Willis is a New Ager, and he will get into the churches. Yep. He will get into the churches. And he was. Once the pandemic film goes viral and everyone starts warning about it, he will get into the churches. Well, here's a clip of him in the churches. At this event that we're talking about. <laughs> yeah. We want to send a vibrational resonance out to the planet that the children can feel all over the world. And we follow ourselves, our instincts, and God. Today is 11-11 a sacred number synonymous with the powers of heaven. This is the moment you were born for, so rise up, lift your voice and be seen. Dear tyrants, just one more thing. We the people have rebranded your agenda. The Great Reset is now the Great Awakening. We're building new communities, new currencies, and new schools. We are reclaiming our lives and our liberties to live by our own rules. I mean, Joe, there is so much <laughs> to go. And that, that was a spliced up clip. It, it, I mean, just from the start, you have these vibrations going out. By the way, we didn't play it because there's no need to play it. That's a poem that he had written supposedly to his uh, mother and father-in-law. And he actually cusses right there in the sanctuary in his poem that he's reading regarding taking over and getting his own rules. So maybe you just, I, I know this is somewhat fresh, That I believe uh, for you, some of those parts of that clip. Just just a little bit of looking at that and saying, wow, that is just new age bleeding onto the table. Yeah, I mean, just following our own rules, you know, and he states, I think in that same speech that, you know, we follow ourselves, you yeah. know, and God, you know, no, we don't follow ourselves. The heart's deceitful of all things is desperately wicked. Who can know it? And follow our own rules. The Bible says the backslider is filled with his own ways. 
Uh, and I don't think he's a backslider. He's never been Christian as far as I know. Uh, and just all the new age, you know, do what thou wilt philosophy comes out not only in his statements on the stage, but not only the do what thou wilt uh, philosophy when it comes to ethics, but also the good vibrations, you know. Uh, and when we talk about good vibrations and so forth, that's typically new agey language. I'm not saying, you know, if you say, hey, you know, I get a, that guy gave me a good vibe or that gal, you know, that that's a cultic because we, that's a, 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 a expression it's that's common. Term but when now, you're a new yeah. age, you're using good vibrations. That's a whole different thing, you know. You're talking about, uh, you know, uh, spirituality typically, and that's exactly what he's talking about. In fact, it gets a lot deeper. This guy, I just saw a video of his uh, that he did a while back, and he and a, a, his wife and some other gentleman, they're looking at a baby monitor, and the baby monitor is saying, this is my kid's bedroom, little boy, and the boy looks like he's maybe, you know, two or three years old or so, and they're going, and there's an orb, and it looks like a circular disc, you know, or, or, or orb, like a ball, about the size of a grapefruit or so, that's hovering over the bed. And he's saying, here, there's a few of us here that are photographers. There's maybe more than even three people, unless all three of those are photographers. And this is real. And so they're videotaping the baby monitor, and, and the video, baby monitor reveals, and he's saying it's pitch black in that room. There's not even nightlight. And there's this orb hanging over the kid. And then it's about to the foot of the kid, and it's moving around. And then it begins to just kind of, it's a little bit away, and the kid moves away from it a couple times. As, let's say, for instance, for sake of argument, that there really is an orb there, and he's not doing some kind of trickery, and it's, there's some kind of spiritual orb there. And, but this is his reaction to whatever it was. Either he's selling it, or it's real. If it's real, it's definitely demonic. And he goes on to talk about it, and, and then he says, and then it moves, it stops moving for a period of time, then it starts moving to the kid again, and so forth. The kid moves, he's moving away from it, it looks like. And they're talking about how it looks like he's moving away from it. And that kid moves away and bangs his head on the on the wall. And then it, it goes back down to the pillow and he's sleeping. And uh, he also has some other movement. And then he says, yeah, it looks like he's he's flipping around and stuff. And his, his, his wife says, you know, maybe, you know, maybe he's trying to get away from it. And he says, before she, he says it's flipped around, she goes, she goes, maybe it looks like he's trying to get away from it. He goes, no. He says, no. Like, that's not a bad, like, it's not a bad thing, right? And then he sees him flipping around. He goes, our son's flipping around. He says, his son's, son's flipping around at that point. And then uh, she says, you know, a gentleman says something like, you know, maybe we should tell it to leave, you know? And his wife says the same thing. It looks like he's having problems with it. And he, he says, now this is the same guy speaking at John Higgie's church, you know? Same guy that did Plandemic. He says, he goes, no, I, 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 I feel it has good energy. So, by the way, he's not going to use the name of Jesus Christ, you know? He, he's not follower, follow the Lord Jesus Christ as the, his Lord and Savior as the only way to heaven. And he's talking about this thing that he they're identifying as being something that would obey them. There's for it to be some kind of entity in the form of an orb. Say it comes an angel of light. It's this bright light orb. And I thought, wow, this guy, man, especially when you see some of the stuff we're about to expose about him, it seems like he's opened his son up willingly because of his own practices, perhaps, to these mm -hmm. demonic powers, which are... And now he's actually not only allowing the mysticism to attack the, the demonic world to attack his son, whether that was staged or whether it was real, he's definitely opened himself outside, whether he's following the father of lies for real uh, or ignorantly, or it's a sham with him. Either way, the father of lies has power here, and we're going to see how ethically uh, it, it's affecting him too. Yeah, and I just want to take stock in everything. Right now we're looking at, we've seen Matthew Hagee, welcoming this to his sanctuary them using language that obviously was meant to be a joke on cussing at the president 
right? Then we look forward and see Mike Flynn up there preaching one world religion. We need this one world, whatever ecumenical grounds you need to go to, whatever it may be. You have him quoting earlier in a prayer, a a false prophetess, new age Mm -hmm. wacko. I mean, that's really the best way we could describe that. And then now we have Mickey Willis up there talking about pushing energy and gematria or whatever it is that he's going for. I, I'm not really certain. And just at some really points. quickly, yeah. by the way, we, we don't have time to cover all the material, but I'll just say this: he's he's got Elevation Films, right? He's associated with Marion Williamson. He's associated with outfits that are pushing a new world order and so forth in the name of exposing the tyranny of big government. And this is, happens over and over again. The same thing happened, uh, you know, with Zeitgeist. Oh, look, you know, trying to expose truth. And then all of a sudden they're talking about this coming new world order that we should embrace. So Satan does this over and over again. Uh, he, he has these false prophets that come out that turn people ultimately against the true Christ and bring them true to false doctrines that are contrary to Scripture. And, you know, he had Miguel Ruiz and others in his elevation films who are uh, part of things that he's sanctioned and put forth in his films. And Miguel Ruiz is a shaman, uh, pushes hallucinogens, open yourself up and he has films where, he, you know, where they talk about hallucinogenic drugs, and that's pharmacaea in the scripture, and it warns about opening yourself to the demonic world through pharmacaea. So these guys are trafficking in demons, and the demons are using these guys in the pulpits of some of the biggest churches in America. And by the way, it shouldn't shock us, though, because we're looking at a, you know, we're looking at Mr. Hagee here, who is a known heretic, but 98% of the body of Christ is unaware of his claims that Jesus never claimed to be the Messiah, that Jews don't need a Messiah for salvation, and they just see him on TBN, and they say, oh, this guy's a great guy. Yeah, no, it's it's terrible. And one of the things that we talk about in that, what he's talking about, not us, but him, Mickey Willis, in that clip, he's talking about these vibrations they need to send out, and his speech actually mentions this roar that he calls for parents. First, he says, hey, how many people here are parents? How many people here would lay down their life for children? And then in that same part, he says, let's have the, let's have the mothers give a... A lion roar, right? The the mama lions give a roar and the papa lions give a lion roar as if they're going to defend the children. But as you mentioned with the orbs where he is not def- defending his child, he is having him play with demons and he's sitting there saying, I feel good vibes from this. And then let's see what that has come out from that because his most viral film on his YouTube channel before Plandemic ever came out and they shut that film down and it went all every which way. Here is the most viral video and I think is still the featured video on his YouTube channel right now as we speak. Azai here had a birthday recently and he received two presents that were exactly the same. So I said, let's go to the toy store and we'll exchange one for something that you don't have. And this is what he chose. (laughs) Now, how do you think a dad feels when his son wants to get this? Yeah! Yeah! That's how I feel. Right, Zuri? I let my boys choose their life. That's how That's how Mama and I, you know, that's how we are, right? We just say, whatever. Yeah! We say, yeah, choose it. Choose your expression. Choose what you're into. Choose your sexuality. Choose whatever. And you have my promise right now, both of you, as we sit in this car, this hot car in this parking lot, you have my promise forever to love you and accept you no matter what life you choose. Ah! Yeah! Ah! <laughs> oh my goodness. <laughs>
I hear a lion roaring there. Actually, the Bible says that Satan himself prowls around like a roaring lion, seeking whom he may devour. And when you have little children, and it's one thing to say, I'm going to love my child, and I'm going to love them enough to tell them the truth if they fall into sexual sin or any other sin for that matter. It's another thing to affirm it there. Choose whatever you want, son. Here's a nice little girl's doll. Choose that. And this is in the name now. This is a speaker in the name of Reawaken America in his poem, in his walk, in his talk, going across the country, going church to church to church. And this is the kind of nonsense that is still being propagated by Mr. Vibrations. Yeah, there's a huge irony here, man. And uh, this is going to shock everybody, including I think you, Chad, because I was doing some research on this guy. And after I'd seen that viral video at over 4 million views, I think it was 4.2 last I saw it. And I was like, wow, this guy is such a deceiver because he's telling everybody to roar, you know? And here they are roaring about protecting their kids. And all these guys always going, roaring, we to protect our kids. And while they're roaring, there's a wolf in sheep's clothing. There's, the Bible says, be sober, be vigilant. You know, if your adversary, the devil walks about, or, you know, roams about as a roaring lion seeking someone to devour. And here this guy is on the stage and he's telling them that we need to protect our kids, right? Yet he has influenced millions of people, okay? Potentially, I mean, millions have seen that. And when you got 4.2, that's far more than 4.2 because a lot of times it's several people or a few people watching at once. And he's encouraging people, parents, to just let your kids, would he, would he ever, by the way, if his kid picked up a rattlesnake and, oh, just let your kid embrace it. Let him go by his instincts. Let him do what he wilts. If, if he cared about his kid at all, he wouldn't let him pick up a rattlesnake. Or he said, Dad, I love this black widow. His dad says, put it down because he says in, in, under the caption when I saw the video, he says, oh, we don't discipline really. We just use hugs. Well, put the black widow down, son. No, daddy. I, I want to embrace this just like I want to embrace my, my Barbie. Remember you said that everything's whatever I want to do, daddy? And his dad, I'll just hug you. Well, and he's going to let the, you know, the, the, the snake or, or the spider bite him or a lifestyle choice that, by the way, he's celebrating. You know what? It's interesting, too. Uh, maybe the kid did pick up the Barbie. I, I kind of wonder about that myself, how that whole thing went down in the first place. But if he did pick up the Barbie, I know if I'm a little kid and I'm picking up a Barbie, it's because I'm a guy and I think she's cute, not because I want to be her, okay? And if I want to be her, then guess what? If I, if I, if I want to be, if I pick up a, a Dalmatian dog, doesn't mean I want to be a Dalmatian dog, okay? And if I do want to be a Dalmatian dog, I daddy, I want to be a Dalmatian dog. My dad loves me enough. He's going to say, Joe, you know, biologically, you're not a Dalmatian dog. And by, if I want to be a girl, dad, Joe, I'm sorry, but, you know, a loving dad would say, biologically, you know, you have a prostate already. Uh, you have a penis. Uh, you, you're made to be with a woman. That's how you procreate. And that's not the way you're made. And by the way, the Bible talks about unnatural affections. And it talks about those handed over to depravity or given over to depraved minds. It talks about demonic spirits who give us thoughts and they shoot these fiery darts into our, our brains. So the thoughts that come to our minds don't define us. But if we accept them, we can be transformed into the diabolical images that Satan wants to transform us into, which is wrong. But here's the hypocrisy. is I was checking out some of his stuff and I was looking at some of the things he said, not even looking for this. It was just on election day. And it was about uh, when he was talking about his new film that was supposed to come out called, uh, what was the title of it? The title was American Family, you know, his working title at least. And it would expose the wicked plan is, uh, uh, to expose uh, to expose those who what are, uh, to expose and indoctrinate, wicked plan to expose and indoctrinate our children. So he's going to expose the wicked plan to indoctrinate our children. 
But check this out. It gets worse. He says he's going to expose, and this is what he says, uh, the wicked plan that was to expose and indoctrinate our children. He gets into, you know, George Soros, and I'm going to show how he's attacking the American family. A lot of conservatives will go, yeah, that's good. Yeah, we disagree with George Soros. We don't like what he's doing. Chad and I and anybody here would say, yeah, that guy's a wicked man. George Soros is a wicked man for sure. Yeah, go but, watch The Great Reset. Yeah, we did a whole <laughs> thing called The Great Reset, you know? Yeah. And I think in this thing, he said, it's not The Great Reset. This is The Great Awakening. Yep. So you have people that are against with, a lot of the same stuff we're against with, but that's how Satan fishes, man, because he's there. And you know what he says? This is what he says about one of the tenets of this wicked plan to expose and indoctrinate our children. He says that they one of their tenets is to claim that, quote, anyone of any age can identify as a sex of their choice, end quote. Give me a break, man. That's part of the plan. Yeah, come welcome to the reawakening America. Well, let's tour the churches all over the place. Yeah, and he's saying we're going to expose the plan in this film about how part of that this diabolical plan, this wicked plan, is let me repeat this, guys. He, Willis is claiming, the guy that was there, that the tenets of this wicked plan involve in claiming that, quote, anyone of any age can identify as the sex of their choice. And, well, it looks like he's one of the main per per perpetrators of what he was claiming was part of this wicked plan. And now he's in the churches. The wolves are in the pulpits, folks. The wolves are claiming to be shepherds, and uh, they're devouring the sheep. <coughs> no, and this is heartbreaking. It is really heartbreaking to look at this, to see this, to see what's going on. And sadly enough, so many people will throw this to the to the side. But yeah, I got so much good information. They talked about Luferens. They talked talked about patent six 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 and patent six 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 six. And they'll be like, there was so much good information. And then they go and see this, and they go, oh, that's no big deal. But this is the enemy's goal. This is the end goal, and this is exactly what we're talking about. You got New Agers in the pulpit, and it's no big deal, and they're lining with Christians. Uh, that's a big deal. People need to pull their head out of the sand, man. Yeah, and this is so heartbreaking when you really think about it. You see that child there, the orbs thing. I didn't even see that. Just to hear that breaks my heart. And then you have that coincided with this viral video that he had. And it does totally seem like a setup. But it, but regardless, whether or not it's a setup, it's heartbreaking. Because Absolutely. when you have children, I have four of them. You correct when there is error. And we know something is error specifically when that error is against the Word of God. As soon as it's against the Word of God, it's not like, well, he might just have a good opinion. No, his opinion doesn't matter. My child's opinion does not matter on lying, stealing, thieving, sexual ethics. None of their opinions matter. It only matters what the Bible says. And it's heartbreaking to watch that and to have that at a pulpit and mm -hmm. to think. I, I, this is what I, I want to really get people to understand. That, that are watching, and I know a lot of people here are well aware, especially if they're fans of Good Fight Ministries, or if this is the first video, hopefully this will be enlightening for you guys. But if you're if you're fans of Good Fight Ministries, you've heard of the New Apostolic Reformation, you've heard of the Word of Faith heretics, and you've seen the them coming together. You've seen the guys like Kenneth Copeland meet with the Pope, right? And you've seen with guys that we'll get into later from Bethel meeting with the Pope. All of these things we're talking about, the New Apostolic Reformation, but then we have and according to, this is no joke, this is right from Clay Clark, the founder of this, alongside Michael Flynn, he said he couldn't find a church. Where do I go to have this reopen slash now reawaken America? Where do I go? So where did he go? Joe, he went to Rima, Rima Bible Church in, in Tulsa, Oklahoma. Huh. <laughs> what, who, who on earth, what pastor is from Rima Bible Church in Tulsa, Oklahoma, Joe, that would matter concerning Word of Faith, NAR, and so forth. Well, you were talking about a lot of these heretics like Oral Roberts, Kenneth Copeland, and Big Daddy Hagen. 
are the main players that uh, Hagen is called the granddaddy of the entire movement. You know, so it's interesting when you look at and, and I think we've got some Hagen references coming up. You know, yeah, as part of this, who, who is represented there, right? Uh, but when we talk about the word faith, what's interesting? Oral Roberts University. He climbed this prayer tower and claimed that God was going to strike him dead if enough money didn't come in to keep building their school, right? He said he saw this 90-foot Jesus and so forth, and he was much the father of this whole, a lot of these false miracles. And we believe in miracles. We believe that God, the gifts of the Spirit are still here today. We believe everything must be tested. We also have to believe in one of the gifts that's mentioned that they ignore over and over again, which is discernment, discernment. of spirits. <laughs> when he's talking about this orb, oh, it's a good orb. You know, kid, my kid's banging his head against the, 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 you know, the wall and stuff. Uh, they, these guys lack discernment of spirits and, and they emphasize the, 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 the gifts that can be so counterfeited and so forth. But it's really interesting because when you look at Hagen, you look at Copeland, Copeland you look at uh, Oral Roberts, you're talking about the, the main heads of this movement. Rhema means, speaks of the spoken word. So they speak, and this is where the witchcraft ties in, is, is the, the Greek word, there's a couple different Greek words that are prominently used in the New Testament for, for the word word. And one is logos, and, and one is rhema. And ra, logos sometimes often means message. Rhema oftentimes refers to spoken word. But I can show you in the New Testament where they're used interchangeably. But they make a thing out of rhema. It's a spoken word. But then all of a sudden it becomes a, a, words that you speak. And your words, because you're a little God, this isn't biblical. This is what they teach. But because you're a little God, which is unbiblical, Satan's life in the beginning, you can speak things like God did into existence. It's not that you're, you're professing faith in Christ and seeking God and crying out to him and that he does things, but it's that you use this, release this metaphysical power and then God has to work with you in it. He has to follow certain rules and it's witchcraft. In fact, it's interesting. Oral Roberts University, okay, you have D.R. McConnell. If you guys are looking for a good book on the roots of the word faith movement, the prosperity movement, one of the ones I really love is by D.R. McConnell. I think I've got a couple copies in my library because he wrote a book called A Different Gospel. It happens to be his, his thesis, his doctoral thesis at Oral Roberts University. And what he does is he shows where Hagen, who's coming up, he shows where Hagen, the granddaddy of this movement, eight quotes from Hagen where Hagen claims to have con been in contact with Jesus and Jesus spoke to him and gave him this new revelation knowledge about the word faith and the power of your tongue to create new realities. And Hagen talks about how he was just kind of just writing down what Jesus said. Well, then he takes in eight columns. He shows... Hagen saying that this was from Jesus, these new revelations. And then on the next column on the, each page, D.R. McConnell, a different gospel. You might want to uh, go to Amazon or find that book somehow, and you'll see that E.W. Kenyon, who was a new thought leader, a new ager, okay, he's lifting it from his writings. So you have the New Age way back then getting into the church via Kenneth Hagen, who's prominently uh, uh, featured on Trinity Broadcasting Network hundreds and hundreds of times. His protege, Kenneth Copeland, you know, uh, and then Frederick Price and Creflo Dollar and on and on to many of the popular word faith teachers to this day. So the New Age movement was getting into the church long ago and uh, I have quotes here and I'll give a couple real quick, Chad, and, and then uh, uh, I think this is interesting. Kenneth Copeland, one of, the, one of the fathers of this whole movement, he says, words create pictures and pictures in your mind create words and then the words come back out of your mouth and when that spiritual force comes out, see, he's talking about spiritual force. It, it, not just words, it's a spiritual force that comes out. See, we're little gods, he says. In fact, he made a false claim too, Kenneth Hopeland. So Jesus came to me and said, don't be upset when they get upset that you claim to be God, Kenneth. He goes, because they get upset with me and I never even claimed to be God. That's yeah. what Kenneth Hopeland, we have that on tape, by the way. So these words create, these are forces that come out of your mouth and they give substance to the image that's on the inside of you. Visualization, this is all out of the New Age. 
Ah, that's visualization stuff, he says. Ah, that's that new age. He's, he's talking about protesters like us, right? No, new age is trying to do this. And they do get somewhat results out of this because it's a spiritual law, brother. So the new agers are doing it, but they're trying to do it. And it's because it's spiritual law. In other words, he's saying we're doing the same thing uh, because it's spiritual law. No, it's not a spiritual law. There's not spiritual force coming out of your mouths, uh, creating reality. Copeland states that each time you stand on the word, you are commanding God to do a certain, to a certain extent because it's his word. He's bound by it. So you're speaking these things and you're, you're commanding God. Benny Hinn, right? We Christians possess power in our mouths to heal or kill just as witches do. Wow, I'm not kidding. He says that if witches and occultists can speak death by the supernatural power of the words, then Christians can speak life and prosperity by the same power. Really? Yeah, I agree. These guys are using the same power, but not the same power of God. They're using the same power of these witches and these occultists who are using the power of Satan. Okay? Because Satan comes as an angel of light. And these guys are getting together. So a lot of these guys have already been knee-deep in occultic-type teachings, but it wasn't so blatant where the average Christian or someone who wasn't discerning or reading their Bible, they get sucked into these things. But now they're saying, wow, it shouldn't surprise us because they have such an affinity with each other doctrinally already to where it's easy for them to slide back and forth now. And now we're see, seeing some of these guys gel together on a huge level. But when you have General Flynn, you know, using uh, a prayer from Elizabeth Clare, false prophetess, and he lifts it and he prays it as though it's his own prayer and people are hearing his prayer. Massive people there agreeing with him within a cult prayer. We're seeing something very diabolical take place right before our eyes and it fits with all the other stuff we're seeing with the Big Brother movement, with the vaccine and everything and, and, and the government getting more and more control over people. Uh, a lot of this is a prelude to, I believe, the things that are very likely around the corner that we need to be aware of. Yeah, and I think this is, this is a perfect time to bring this up is the fact that it looks like this civil war, which they bring up a lot, by the way. Everything is fighting terms. Everything yeah. is war. And when it comes to the new apostolic reformation, when it comes to those like Lance Wallnow and other practi uh, practicers or teachers. Johnny Elno. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah one, oh, yeah. Elno. And then you also got Shay on, right? Mm -hmm. And some of his connections, which we've gone at length with concerning this this idea of it being a civil war and you have the reawaken america and you even hear the poetry of mickey willis and then they have of course as we have already talked about kenneth hagan his son craig hagan is the one who ultimately came up and prayed over the event of course gave a teaching that you'll always be healed because of isaiah 53 and so forth yeah, yeah, it says we're already all healed of covid yeah isaiah 53 a misuse of that text yeah and even in a more recent teaching by, not, not that all that recent, but more recent than some of the older ones, obviously, of John Hagee, he was with a shawl over his head telling everyone, oh, look, it's like a, a tent prayer. And those don't think those started with Oral Roberts. Yeah, of course, absolutely. Of course, he throws that name out there as well. And these are the who's who's of heretics. And by the way, when they're saying we're already healed of COVID, it's already healed. You got people dying left and right. What does that remind you of? Christian science, which is neither Christian, as Walter Martin used to say, Dr. Walter Martin, and nor science. Uh, Christian science will, would deny that their Christian scientists and those belong to that cult would, uh, who don't believe that Jesus paid for our sins, by the way. It's a new thought cult, you know. Uh, they would claim, oh, no, you're already healed. You just got to believe it. You know, everything's an illusion. It's Maya, you know, because it gets its influence from Eastern mysticism. Uh, it, gets, it gets too deep to get too deep. We won't get too much in the weeds here. But this is all a cult philosophy that's influenced there's an amalgamation of some truth from the word with a mixture of occult teachings, which we have this hybrid, which has passed itself off for far too long as Christianity. But now these guys are showing the true, true colors because they're united with New Agers. 
Yeah, I think, like you said, they're showing their true colors, and and that's exactly what's been going on. And interestingly enough, of course, part of this event, because he's been a part of all these events, and more or less, you know, all over the world, you know, feigning as if he's being persecuted, but he's really a lot of times causing the problems, but that is the worship leader, Sean Foyt. Mm -hmm. And Sean Foyt has a number of connections, not only being there to lead worship, but also Sean Foyt having a connection with a couple of different people we're going to be talking about. But it's interesting because Matt Hagee kind of acted like, well, we don't, you know, we don't agree with the values and so forth. But Sean Foyt comes out of Bethel. Yeah. Sean Foyt comes right out of Bethel up in Redding, California. And, whoa, who did Matthew Hagee actually have on his show? None other than Chris Valentin. Yeah. And his associate <laughs> pastor of, of Bethel of at Bethel yeah. at Bethel he he's I guess he'd be more of a theologian himself than Bill Johnson who's more ooey gooey all over the place at least Chris Valentin explains to you a little bit of the heresy that he believes yeah and we we that did an entire thing of the future coming out of Christ with the book of Revelation is oh that's not for us now. oh no yeah one hundred percent yeah but what's for us we need to listen to his prophecies which he admits he gets wrong over and over again yeah he and he waited on but one that means he's a true prophet because yeah. he gets them wrong really. Because you're a false prophet, dude. Yeah, as we went through in our Bethel series that hopefully you guys can check out. If you're new to the channel, this is your first time seeing us, make sure you see our entire Bethel series that has turned into a six-part series because we've answered their attempt to answer some of our things against the false teachings at Bethel. And it's really important because we realized that these birds of a feather, that at one point, Joe, if we said, hey, you know what? When it comes to the, the pre-tribs like, like Hagee, very popularized, you know, um, you know, pre-trib teacher. And then, you know, guys like Jack Hibbs, we talked about Jack Hibbs being connected with Shayon, Shayon calling him his good friend, uh, him doing stuff also and promoting some of the stuff that Sean Foyt was promoting as well, him getting involved with Barton over there with his fake history and reconstructionism. Yep. If we put all these guys together and said, well, they all got Almost some of them are kingdom dominionists, some of them are reconstructionist Calvinists, and then some of them are pre-trib. So this doesn't make any sense until it all comes together. Yeah. Until yeah. it all comes together, and we see it over and over from this, and it, and, and it breaks and the, ulti- and the ultimate, which I did this, and it was so ironic that we were so many ironies here, man. Oh yeah, you talked about this. I was yeah. talking about this the very weekend this was going on, not knowing and, and it was next going on. We're in yeah. San Antonio, or just the greater San Antonio area outside in Bolverde. Flew into San Antonio, drove 40 minutes, and we did this event, and not knowing this was going on, and this would blew up. This is blown up in the media all over the place because of you know you have churches chanting you know blank Joe Biden you know uh, go Joe Biden, but as a euphemism. Uh, so it's interesting uh, that we're doing we're doing an expose as to uh, kind of what we call the Hananiah heresy because Hananiah said we they weren't going to go through that whole 70 years. You know, first the false prophets were saying we're not going to go through any of it. Then they started going through it, man. They're in two years, and and I say, no, thus saith the Lord, we're not going through it. And I don't want to elaborate because uh, I'm not preaching what I did, which I think was probably a two-hour message or there or so forth. forth. At that point, I think I spoke like seven times or so, counting the baby dedication, the baptism, and so forth. But uh, it was interesting because while we're doing that, we're exposing that there's this period of coming up, the seven-year period, we call it the tribulation period, the second half of which is called the great tribulation period, the last three and a half years. And it's kind of fascinating when we think about it because uh, we're showing that all these these teachings that are popular today are teaching that we don't need to be ready for that time. And you have, in a, in a nutshell, we just said this, pre-trib teaches that we're not going to be here. Don't worry, we've got this escape hatch. 
going to go to heaven and we have this great big party while everybody else is suffering down here and while our brothers and sisters that come to Christ after we supposedly get raptured are being tortured to death and killed and what have you we're just going to be living it up and having this great big party which is not biblical because the saints that are in heaven at that time it says they cry out to God how long until you avenge our blood on those who are on the earth because they're slaying their brethren it says you know and he says gives them white robes and says wait a little while there's not a that's not when the wedding feast happens revelation 19 right before jesus comes back the bride is made ready because she's just endured the tribulation a couple verses later after she's been ready jesus comes back for his bride and he reigns for a thousand years and at that time there's a wedding feast and if you read isaiah chapter 25 26 it's on the earth anyway our pre-trib brethren by the way we're not putting all our pre-trib brethren in with this movement a lot of pre-tribbers and i have a lot of pre-trib brethren brothers and sisters that love jesus and are appalled at the NAR movement and what's going on here, the preterism, and they see it as a deception. Yeah. They just don't understand that they're in part a partial deception too. Uh, however, the preterists, among the Calvinists, a lot of the Reconstructionists, oh no, the end times already happened. That happened. It was fulfilled in 70 AD. And by the way, you can go check out on our channel uh, the teaching I did on the Hananiah heresy where I show that preterism, you can debunk it like so easily uh, with just a few scriptures even. We use a ton of them, but I used a few in that particular deal because I was dealing with different uh, heresies, some little H heresies, uh, some capital H or large case heresies because if you believe them like many of the full predators or consistent predators claim that the resurrection has already come to pass we've already got our resurrection uh, Paul said that they overthrow the faith of some Hymenaeus and Philetus 2 Timothy 2 because of that false teaching and they're destroying the hope of Christ's coming and the, and, and the warnings about the coming tribulation period so the church isn't ready uh, so preterism is a huge lie and it's no wonder many reconstructionists are getting caught up in this idea as well as that we're going to make this new heaven new earth we're going to do it we're going to be the saviors which brings you to the nar movement the new apostolic reformation and they just go to the book of revelation many of them they just twist it and we'll get in i don't want to say too much about elno and stuff and what i expose in that because we're gonna to have to do a whole show on that yeah so but i expose where elno takes a scripture takes scripture that talks about us the church really clearly about the church the believers really clearly and says, and how they're going to be, you know, there's going to be war against them where they'll be destroyed and so forth to a degree, shattered anyway. It says, well, those are actually the believers that aren't going along with this movement. And they're they're the Antichrist movement. Woo! He takes the scripture that talks about the church and what's going to happen to it. And then he says, we're on the other side. We're the ones that are going to be on the seven hills of that Babylon's on. That's going to be us before Christ comes back. Who's on those seven hills that Revelation 17 talks about when Jesus comes back? Babylon the Great. He's identifying this movement with the whore of Babylon and by the way, you have all these false religions, false religious systems merging together. I think we're seeing before our very eyes a, 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 there's a consolidation, a convergence of Roman Catholicism, Protestantism, Charismania, a preterism, Reconstructionists, the Apostolic Reformation. And we're seeing the horror consolidate before our very eyes right now. And I believe it's very likely we can't be positive because we don't know for sure. And I want to be careful here, but the Pope... Uh, one of the popes, if not this one, this one would be a really good candidate, will be the false prophet, because the false prophet will tell people to worship the beast. The false prophet, as I mentioned earlier, looks like a lamb. It looks like he represents Christ. He speaks like a dragon. So because these guys claim that they mention the name of Jesus and stuff, but look at what they're telling you. Look at what they're saying. This is all headed. This is like living in the days of Ezekiel and Isaiah and Jeremiah, where you have all these false prophets arising that are, that are and Isaiah, Ezekiel, and Jeremiah, these guys... They were in the minority. They were saying, hey, this isn't what God has said. Jeremiah says, hey, Hannah, what you're saying is going to happen in the future. If it happens, praise God, basically. He's just saying, if that happens, because, but you know what? A prophet, Hananiah, is known whether his prophecies come to pass. And before you, they weren't prophesying peace, but were in desolation like Jeremiah's. And then God said, go back to him. He wanted to be a little bit stronger. And Jeremiah says, you're, you're, you're telling my people a lie. 
You're preaching rebellion to my people, and you're going to die, and he died within the year. This is serious stuff. Yeah, I think this is important, and we've talked about this Hananiah heresy for a number of different ways and reasons. And years. And yeah, and years. And specifically, when it, I, I think about this all the time when people ask me about, well, what do we do in terms of America? We want to fight for America and so forth. And it is difficult to discern, which is our job as believers, on whether or not to say, yeah, we got to make sure we fight for America and we do this. But then we also recognize the blood of the millions of babies that have been allowed. And that has nothing to do with also some of our foreign policy that have murdered people over That's the years. That's sanctioned by well. the United States government. By our government. And so we recognize first Christ as king and then everything yeah. follows. And we that we are subject to our, our rules and laws and authority, as it says in Romans chapter 13. But when we look at this and we see all this and we see these connections... You know, it's interesting because we talked at the beginning, Joe, of, of John Hagee cheating on his wife and yet being allowed to pastor and continuing to go. Not only cheating on his wife, but cheating on his wife with a congregant. Then we look at Reawaken America and one of its leading by figures. By the way, if you're tuned in recently, yeah. that's an event that we're exposed that just happened last weekend at John Hagee's church with a lot of New Agers and, or a lot of professing Christian leaders and a big new ager, which we've already gotten into. Yeah, and this is, yeah, that's a perfect perfect segue because we talked about Sean Foyt as well. We talked about Bethel. We talked about specifically Sean Foyt getting involved with a lot of these guys. And I've, I've had friends that I know love Jesus that have no idea who Sean Foyt is, uh, um, his connections to Bethel or anything like that. And then they share his stuff saying, look how awesome this is. He's fighting for our rights. He wants us just to be able to worship out in the streets. And when you look and see one, another connection, and as I mentioned, pointing out that John Hagee, as a pastor, slept with the congregant, left his wife for her. Mm -hmm. Another pastor, one of the leading figureheads for this kind of movement, has been one of the biggest mouth. If you get, if you wear a mask, you are not allowed in my church, he says. Uh, you know, if you did this, whatever. He said uh, he walked into, I believe it was uh, a Dunkin' Donuts, and basically told the worker because of the mask thing that he was going to kick their teeth in. And I mean, this is the kind of guy, sounds pugnacious to me, doesn't meet the quality of a pastor, not to mention, this same guy left his wife for his secretary. Once again, same thing, over and over again, this pugnacious yeah. man screaming up there, and I believe a lot of it's fake. I Very believe he's an actor, guy, yeah. total arrogant guy. But he was actually asked, not at the Reawaken, uh, um, Reawaken America conference, but he was actually asked by a new ager, by the way, regarding teaming up with false teachers and regarding teaming up with other religions like Islam and so forth. And I want you to see his answer because we have an answer uh, that I want to show you as well. But let's hear. Before what, you get oh, yeah, into that, because I don't want to interrupt it because of what it's leading to next. And I yes, don't want yes. to get this point. If you are having an upset stomach, he says, I wish I could throw up. I don't want to make myself throw up, but I wish I could throw up. You could turn on a video that he did where he justifies leaving his wife and sleeping with his secretary and stuff like that, where he appears to anyway, because he's talking about how sometimes people hold you down. If you really want to follow Jesus, you know, you really want to follow her, follow him the way you want. Sometimes a person can hold you down. Some of you are in relationships where you're being held down because you're in a relationship of somebody who's got addiction or some other problem, and they're holding you back in your walk. It's actually encouraging people to leave their spouses, yeah. I believe. I'm, I heard this a while back. I'm like, what in the world is he saying? And they, then he talks about how that happened to me. So basically, he got, Jesus was telling him, basically, leave your wife and sleep with your secretary. He wouldn't say it that way, but that's the way he paints it. I'm like, and all the comments, so many comments afterwards, this is blasphemous. This is sick. People saw through it. And it's heartbreaking because these guys are deceivers. He, 
This man is a deceiver, and I've seen a lot of well-meaning people not realize that Pastor Greg Locke is not only somebody who, in his orthopraxy, in his life, in his living, does not meet the requirements for a pastor, in his pugnacious way, does not meet the requirements for a pastor, but as you can see here, his ecumenical ways as well lead him to not be called a true shepherd of the living God. So, um, now... I have a, a, a broader perspective, uh, or not broader, but a, perhaps not as a, um, a biblical perspective as you do on the Bible. Um, uh, but whatever it is, I do believe, I see um, non-Christians, I see Jews, I see Hindus, I see uh, Muslims all around the world uh, being being oppressed and being uh, tyrannically, tyrannically uh, oppressed of taking the vaccine or going through these mm -hmm. hardships and all this, too. Um is there is there opportunity for for them to wake up to fight against if if they're fighting against this this new world order agenda the satanic agenda they're aware of it from their religious perspective is there an order for them to be um, part of the solution rather than being being part of the problem? Absolutely, I think so. I, I tell people all the time: look, the parts of the Bible that you really believe are the parts of the Bible that you really behave. And so even if they're Islamic or if they're Roman Catholic or if they're Jews, if they really believe the text that's been given to them, okay? I happen to believe Jesus Christ is the one and only way to heaven. He died, was buried, rose again. I believe the gospel, okay? John 14, 6, I'm the way, the truth, and the life. But if people really believe the text of what they've been taught, then they're going to push back. And they're going to stand up and be like, look, this is nonsense. Because across the board, denominationally or religiously, however you want to look at it, all of us know that there's a great delusion coming, okay? Everybody knows that there's a reason they're trying to take away our religious rights and our opportunities to gather. So be they Muslim, be they Christian, be they Jew, they need to get a gut full of it and stand up and say, no, we're going to believe what our text says. And not one of those texts tells them to simply be sheepish and obey a tyrannical, buckwild, demon-possessed government. Not a one of them, okay? All of them would know, rise up. Because if you really believe in God, each and every one of those religions, I may have my discrepancies and great disagreements, but the unifying thing around all of them is they all teach some level or some form of faith. And so you either have faith or you have fear, but you do not have both. Mm. Uh, faith and fear. I heard Matthew Higgy saying something about that when he was addressing the yeah. audience. That's really interesting. And when you listen to that clip, first of all, the caveat nature by which he speaks of the gospel I happen to believe the gospel, Jesus the way, the truth, and the life. But let me get back to how we can sync up because we all have a unifying factor. And you left out the part, the last part of the verse, if nobody comes to me, comes to the Father but by me. Amen. And what was the unifying factor there between all the text? Faith. Faith. Yeah. Faith in what? Yeah, and that's a great question, Chad, because he said if they have faith in their text. So he's, he singled out Muslims among Catholics and so forth. Uh if Muslims have faith in the text, they'll unify with us and fight tyranny. When I see Muslims unifying around the Quran, I see them fighting against Jews, and I see them fighting against the people, as it's called, the people of the cross. And I see that Islam, the reason they want Israel destroyed so much is they believe that uh, for the Mahdi to come is they have to, you know, Israel has to cease to exist or he has to help bring the ceasing of the existence of Israel as a nation. Uh, so it's kind of interesting because I don't want to get too much into something we want to expose a little bit later, but Johnny Elno his seven mountain prophecy, he talks about how Christians, and uh, and he's talking about these types of Christians, uh, will rule the world. They're going to take over the seven hills of Babylon, which, like I said, he's basically identifying their apostate movement with Babylon the Great. Because whatever you jettison from the hill and you take its place, you're really it. You're Babylon, dude. 
and you're mixing with these other religious systems. And he says, a lot of people think that it's the Muslims, you know, that are going to be the Antichrist spirit in the last days. He goes, but there's going to be a great revival, and many of them will be caught up in this revival with us. Yeah, they will. It's going to be a false revival. It's going to be under the Antichrist. It's going to be a great and, awakening and for them. And those who are the Antichrist spirit, <laughs> yeah. he says, are guess who? Those of us who are rationally minded and look at the Bible and we're rational about it and so forth. And it's more of these guys who are, you know, open to these new revelations and so forth and his prophecies and that was the seven mountain prophecies about taking over the military for Jesus and education and, and business and art and all these different things. And they're trying to do that. But what's going to happen is in the name of taking it over, they're going to be just absorbed in this false ecumenical satanic movement. Thinking, look, we're part of it. We're reigning with them. Yeah, you're going to reign with the Antichrist for three and a half years, maybe. And then you've got the lake of fire to deal with forever because you've rejected the revelation of the Lord Jesus Christ who has given us his word so we can understand his truth for the future. And what's happening, brothers and sisters, you need to realize how serious this is. They're trying to just sweep it under the rug, what God's word says about the future. And they're going to say that we're not going to be here. It already happened, or this is the way it's to be understood. And it's through the new apostolic reformation, and we're going to rule, and Christ can't come back until we take dominion. All a huge demonic lie. No, and I, th I think it's important, and I know we're only going to have a couple minutes left after we play this clip, but I believe this clip is so important for you guys to understand. And it regards... Pastor Joe answering years ago, or in the early 2000s, I believe, asking, asking, answering the question, how to respond to the new age and the new world order movements. And I want to see, want you to see that juxtaposed to the clip you just heard from Pastor Greg Locke. Well, a huge mistake would be to see what's going on here and say, wow, everything the Bible says is coming to pass. And uh, we can see it's coming to pass and, and to just totally then at that point move away from the Bible and and not react according to how the scriptures tell us to react and falling into the hands of the enemy. Uh, in fact, the wrong way to react uh, is to, uh, like the movie The Omen, uh, where they try to kill the Antichrist. Uh, one thing we have to understand is the Bible says that God allows a strong delusion, He actually sends a strong delusion upon the Christ-rejecting world as a judgment. Uh, the Antichrist and his his world union is God's judgment against a Christ-rejecting world. So basically, it would be like, you know, physically trying to stop God's judgment from happening by stockpiling weapons and trying to uh, fight against the, the, the coming new world order. What we're called to do as Christians is to spread the gospel, to let people uh, know the truth of what's taking place, to let them know the plan of redemption, to let them know that Jesus said when these things are taking place and you see them happening, lift up your heads for your redemption draws nigh that he is standing at the door. So my main advice would be to anybody that starts to see these things taking place and starts to realize that, hey, the message of the Bible is true, is to realize that we've seen a lot of bad news. There's a lot of ugly things happening. I mean, there, the world has a spiritual cancer called sin and rebellion against God. But the good news is, and thank God we have the good news, the Greek words euangelion, the reason there's bad news is, and the reason there's good news is because it was first bad news. The bad news is that man is sinful and rebellion against God's rule in his life, re rebellious against the lordship of Jesus Christ. And the Bible says, uh, a very popular verse, but a lot of times people don't quote the rest of it, which shows you that there's a choice. It says, for God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son that whoever believes in him should not perish, but have everlasting life. It goes on to say that, that he did not send his son into the world to condemn the world, but that the world through him might be saved. But then it says, this is the condemnation, that light has come into the world, Jesus Christ. But men loved darkness more than light, for their deeds were evil. And everyone that hates the light refuses to come to the light, lest his deeds be exposed. But he that loves the light, he that loves the Lord, 
comes to light to show that his deeds are rotten God. So there's condemnation. The condemnation is for those who reject the message of the cross. In fact, somebody who hears the message of the New World Order and the coming Antichrist and says, yeah, it's wrong and everything else, yet refuses to submit to the Lordship of Jesus Christ and bow down to him and follow Jesus Christ as Lord and Savior is the same type of rebel as the Antichrist himself. Jesus said, he that's not with me is against me. So you could be in the New World Order side, you know, a black magician or a Satanist or somebody that's just caught up in that lie and you're not for Christ, you're against him. But you could also be someone who's fighting against the New World Order and think you're doing good, but refuses to submit to the Lordship of Jesus Christ. Refuses to uh, respond to the gospel and repent of your sins and turn to Christ as your Lord and Savior. And you're under the same condemnation and the same judgment as the Antichrist in the New World Order. And sadly, there's many people today that see what's going on to a degree, only part of the puzzle, yet they're in as much rebellion against God as many of these people that are in the New World Order. And my hope and my prayer is that people that see what's going on uh, would not play into Satan's hands, because what's going to happen in the end is there's going to be many people fighting against the New World Order. And they're going to think they're going to be doing good. And Satan, I believe, in the end time is going to use that as newsreel clips for see what the Christians are doing, these crazy, these crazy people. And, uh, and Satan is going to use that actually against Christians in the very end. So we, true Christians that know Christ, need to submit to the scripture, need to realize that if God calls us to die as martyrs, we need to die as martyrs. If God calls us to escape with our families in the mountains, we need to do that. But one thing we need to make sure we don't do is we don't want to make sure we're not the ones trying to blow up the Pentagon or you know blow up the United Nations because then what we end up doing is playing right into Satan's hands. So my heart, my hope, and my prayer for anybody listening, especially if you don't know the Lord Jesus Christ, is that you'd recognize that you're a sinner, man. You've fallen short of God's glory. I'm sure you've lied sometime in your life. I'm sure you dishonored your mom or your dad at some time in your life. I'm sure that you used God's name in vain. I'm sure you took something that didn't belong to yours at some time. The Bible says all have sinned. You're a sinner. You're doomed. You're under God's condemnation because of your rebellion. But God loved you, the Bible says. And he sent his son to pay the penalty you deserve, to die in your place. And he paid that penalty. And the scriptures say that if you receive Jesus Christ into your life, the Bible says as many as received him, he gave the right to become the children of God. Jesus said, Behold, I stand at the door and knock. If anybody let me in, I'll come into him and fellowship with him and he with me. So the Bible says you can have eternal life. The Bible says whoever calls upon the name of the Lord shall be saved. Right now, if you call upon the name of the Lord Jesus Christ and cry out to him and say, Save me, I believe that you died for me, you'll be saved. It doesn't matter what man will do to you. It doesn't matter what the New World Order does to you. Uh, the lion can swallow the body, but he can't swallow your soul. And Jesus, the Bible says to be absent from the body, to be present with the Lord. And the Bible says if you confess, as Jesus said, me before men, I'll confess you before the Father and the angels in heaven. However, if we deny him before man, he'll deny you before the Father in heaven. So let's confess Christ as Lord and Savior. Let's truly follow him for the heart. Let's dig into our Bibles. Let's follow him the Bible way. And that's uh, my advice is turn to the scripture and turn to Jesus. Now, Joe, I'd have to say if I played that clip, just audio, I would have thought it was just a recording warning about the event that just take place and the things that we're seeing happening and if I didn't know better, I'd say you were giving a prophetic word there because that was about as clear as to what is going on. I know we only got a minute left, but man, what a great charge. And, and, I, and I hope that, please, we're, we're going to put that clip that we have online. It's the first clip that Tony Palacio had ever edited. Now he's edited a million videos for Good Fight. 
but so important for you guys to see. But I wanted to give you that last minute uh, with the uh, with the audience here. Yeah, I forgot a lot of what I said. That was a Chris Piddle video of Megiddo, which has a lot of great things in it. In fact, I think it even shows a bunch of religions joined together with the Pope up on stage, including an Indian uh, sorcerer, you know, with the smoke coming up and everything. They're all united. So eerie. And uh, Chris asked me my view of, you know, what, how we should fight this and so forth. And, and uh, uh, it's interesting because we played that clip from the... You know the reawakening conference with John Hagee and the New Ager and stuff, and and then and we just heard this guy talking about one of the other speakers saying, talking about Muslims and Christians and Catholics and Jews uniting to fight this strong delusion. But I was tripping out because I'm like, wow, <laughs> I was warning there that it's going to be happening in the end days that there's going to be people fighting against it that don't know Jesus, and they're going to be newsreel fodder for the secular media, which is exactly what's happening with this event. So I do think it's quite interesting and. I was like, man, it does sound like I'm talking about you know, 20 years ago, whenever that was today. But I'll say this, those words stand, the most important thing we can share from that. If you're listening, they, you don't know the Lord Jesus Christ, man, you need to know him to be saved, man. He's the only one who can get you into heaven because he's the only one who paid for your sins. And he rose again to give you eternal life. The Bible says, whoever calls upon the name of the Lord shall be saved. Confess Jesus Christ, your Lord and Savior, and get right with him and follow the word of God. Amen. You've been listening to the Good Fight Radio Show brought to you by Good Fight Ministries. If you're blessed by this show and would like to partner with us, please consider visiting our Patreon page at patreon.com goodfight. Or you can write to us at P.O. Box 2202, Simi Valley, California, 93062. Or call us toll free at 1-866-JC-TRUTH. That's 1-866-528-7884. We hope you'll tune in next time on the Good Fight Radio Show.